0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play
1: for free right
2: now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Talk Recorded live. All right, all right, all right. That's called a delayed reaction. What's <laughs> that thing kicking in? So today is uh, Tuesday, January 26th. Uh, a little after seven o'clock, me and Christine, we are rocking it out with our final session of happily ever after. And um, this is how uh, relationships are supposed to go. Today, we're gonna talk about it. we. We've been talking about what gets in the way of relationships, but once you know how to manage relationships, today is all you're really doing. Everything else is like stopgap measures or understanding how to keep the flow going, but today is what you do and how it goes. And so um, you know, I'm going to warn you that I might actually get teary-eyed at the end of this because relationships are so beautiful and so simple and so fulfilling that when you really know how to do that, it's really nothing else except for- If if When you really know how to do it, it's hard to not be happy.
0: <laughs> it's
3: kind of like that. you know. And I really want more people to get that, but um, I'm just warning you ahead of time. Uh, if I get a little misty-eyed, understand it. You'll you'll see, you'll get it. But I'm just telling you right now. I I I can't guarantee that it won't be. You know, so um, you, you've been warned. Mm. So, so um, you know, before we get started in that area, I want to know, you know, what you got from you know last session, what you remember, because I know I didn't send anything to you last week, but you know, what do you what do you get from last week? Uh, anything you want to say, one way or the other. Um, about communication. Yeah. No. Okay. Have you uh had any breakthroughs around it, or were you conscious of uh, communication in any way, shape, or form? You know week?
1: what? Pretty much the whole week between all of this snow and kind of being in the house, just kind of internalizing things. And, uh, gotcha. You know, going okay. and reading back on, you know, prior sessions.
3: Mm. Okay. Awesome, because yeah, I forgot to say in this recording that uh, we had, a, you know, the, the, the Northeast region, you know, over the weekend had I don't know, I'm going to say approximately two feet of snow plus massive snow drift. So, like, we all in here, like, damn, what's up with that snow? So, uh, you know, I need to put that in. I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so let's, you know, have that. That's a, it'll it'll be a memorable uh, aspect of our program. You know, yeah. damn snow. You know. Uh, so anyhow, so that's that. So then I'm just going to go into um, the, you know, session six. And um, so as a reminder of the uh, the things that get in the way of great relationships. So they are in order of importance, not knowing who you are, first. Not understanding gender differences, second. Not managing emotions, third. Uh, uh, structural and other breakdowns, not, not having your life work, fourth. And then miscommunication, which is fifth. You know, I'll summarize again that not knowing who you are is usually um, not as painful when people are almost not even conscious of the fact that they don't know who they are. But it has the biggest impact because it's like, you know, you don't even know that you're not making money, for example. You know what I mean? You don't even know that, you know, you could be living in a mansion. So, yeah, the impact is you're not living in a mansion. But the other part is that you don't even know you could be. Right, So right. that's the impact of not knowing who you are. The second part called not understanding gender differences, that's the most painful and obvious one. Even though people don't realize that that's um, the second biggest problem, it affects us emotionally uh, and, and every other level as if it's the biggest problem because it's the biggest one we're conscious of. You know, how come he doesn't do things like that? How come she treats me like that? It's like we 're dealing with the you know a, a alien species almost, and we 're so conscious of it, even though we don't recognize that we're dealing with an alien species and in this program, we don't talk about how the opposite sex thinks so much as how to operate in a ways that work with the opposite sex. I have another program that talks about how the opposite sex thinks, but it's not necessary when you or in a great relationship. You don't need to know exactly how your partner thinks. You just need to know how to work with them in ways that work. And, you know, you'll learn how they think to some degree, but you don't have to be a gender relationship expert in order to have a fantastic marriage, and all you have to do is look at people that's been married for 40 years and they're still happy, and you'll know that, yeah, they don't understand the opposite sex, but they do know how to work with the opposite sex. So that's what this is about. And then um, the third thing, which is almost nobody ever thinks about, is how to manage emotions. We talked about how to do that, the emotional culture, emotional bank account, you know, who's in charge of what and when and all of that stuff. So, you know, we discussed that. Um, you know, we looked at uh, structural and other breakdowns, which means you've got to be making agreements and you need to actually consciously create your relationship so you've got your personal life charter. And, you know, whenever you get a chance, you know, if you can with your boo or, you know, if not him, whoever else, you know, you can create you know your relationship charter, so you constantly created the relationship, and you have a conceptual idea and an agreement on how to operate inside the relationship. And then miscommunication, which is really not like so much how to communicate, but uh, in in you know in the technical sense, this is not like you know Toastmasters or you know learning how to be an FBI agent who can inspect who can uh, interrogate and in, in, um, uh, people you know there, but it's more like the impact of communication, the value of of, of, of communication, and miscommunication, and then you know how to make agreements. Because in nine times out of ten, when you understand, you know you know how to make agreements, and um, then then that's the number one part of being in, in a relationship that works in terms of communication. You know, so if you know how to partner and interact with your which is partner, you know how to manage the emotions. You know how to make sure your life is working. You know how to communicate so that you have those other things happening. That's really all there is. You don't have to know them, you know, perfectly. You know, you can actually, it's actually almost good that you don't because you actually get the experience of having them be a constant, never-ending mystery while you're with them.
1: But, you know, you know
3: Tony, we, i it's to cut yeah. you
1: off, but while it's, yeah. like, floating in my brain, the part that I still don't understand is, Okay, we can make agreements for all other aspects in our relationship. Then why not the prenup? Um,
3: well, you may not. Well, because you can make it. You can make a prenup. But my, my. I'll just say personally, this has nothing to do. Like I wouldn't tell anybody. They should do this. This would not be my advice. But my feeling is, if I'm with somebody and I feel like I need to have a prenup, she's probably not the person for me. Because so I'm looking at I mean, but is
1: it always just a feeling? I mean, like it's just like in, in business, when you go into business with someone, I mean, don't you have yeah. those agreements that protect, you know, each party, you know, going yeah. forward, not you know things yeah. that happen from like previously.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, listen, prenups work. I'm just saying that um, prenup is a is a. A uh, new phenomenon in the 20th century i don't think there was anything before 1900 of the thing called the prenuptial agreement you know and it hadn't damaged relationships at least i don't know how much it has damaged relationships to not have the prenup right but um but but the thing is
1: i mean but wasn't a dowry kind of a dowry can do that too you know, if you're buying into an uh, uh, arranged marriage or something like that, like those are the stipulations, like this is what you guys have to give us in order to wed my daughter.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand that. But what I'm thinking about is, you know, for me, a prenup is a backdoor. In case this doesn't work out, here's how we should operate. And, yeah, if you're doing that with a business, this is fine. But when you have a daughter or a son, there's no back door. So, like, going into a marriage and not looking at this person as your flesh and blood, to me...
1: Yeah, but even with with your children, I mean, you still have to have things noted, like, okay, in, you know, in the case of my death, you know, this son, this child gets this, this child gets that, because if not, then what you have, children fighting amongst each other over stuff.
3: Yeah, but see, that, that would be a will as opposed to, you know, a prenup. So, I mean, listen...
1: Okay, I, I, I got I'm it. I, I, but I just, yeah. Okay,
3: we can move on. <laughs> just Yeah, yeah. The whole thing I'm trying to say is that, you know, you okay. want to be with somebody that you would never want to leave, and why are we even talking about no. it? Is how mm. I see it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Tr- and and, and Tr- I get where you're coming from, too. Yeah, I do. Because, you know, once, once, once the love is gone, then all there is is money, and then everybody wants what they want, you know what I mean? And it just gets ugly. And, like, I'm like, I don't even want to go there, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just... Just don't want to go there, and 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 as a man in particular, you know, with dealing with child support, alimony, those things, as far as I'm concerned, those are prenups already in place that I don't even like. <laughs> you well, know so, like I don't know any prenups that if I was going to get married with somebody that I would benefit from the prenup, except for you're only going to take so much from me. I mean, yeah, it's but I'm saying like,
1: protecting what you had going into the relationship.
3: Yeah, I understand that. I, I, I do understand that. I, and then the people that are free enough, I would never tell them don't. If you feel like you need to do it, do you asking me, would I do it? Nope, I ain't doing it. Because if I feel like I need to do it, then I don't got to question whether I even want to be with this person because I'm only marrying her, but she ain't never getting away from me ever again. That's that's how I look at it. Like, next 30 years is ours. After that, I don't know if health is going to get in the way or whatever, but the first 30, the, next, the, next, the very first next 30, nah, it's us. <laughs> you ain't going no way. I'm too. Listen, I just for me personally, you know, the only thing that the, out of all of those things, the weakest area for me is like managing, you know, our needs. You know, which means making enough money and like that kind of stuff. But you know, having that out of the way, ain't no way anybody I'm gonna be was gonna want to leave me because I got, I got, I got too many moves. I swear to God, I don't got too much experience I don't know how to charm. Wow. If they're not interested in me in the beginning, nothing I can do. But if they're interested in me from the beginning, they ain't going nowhere. That's how it's mm-hmm. going, you know. I mean, like, I don't know if you ever look at my fan page, um, but I got a fan page, Tony Veers Relationship Advice. I've been posting on that. I started started uh, August of uh, 2014. And now I post about 20 things a day. Let me tell you something. All the stuff I'm posting, all these I'm posting because that's what I would do with my woman anyhow. Right. So if somebody want to know how I'm going to treat my woman. All I got to do is look on my page, and everything I put up there—that's what I'm going to be doing. That's the life she's going to be living with with Tony totally Van. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I'm not worried about it. You know, but as a matter of fact, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but but you know, my first two marriages—both my wives proposed to me. I ain't proposed to them. You know, I'm, I'm honored because, you know, I knew what I was doing. You know, like I have that, that way of, thank God, it's my blessing. It's not like not the ego. It's like my gift, and I acknowledge it as my gift. I'm not, you know, I'm not um, embarrassed about it or shy about it. You know, it's it's just what's so. You know, Muhammad Ali could box. You know, uh, uh, Martin Luther King could, you know, could negotiate. You know, Bill Gates could write, you know, software, and Tony Rear knows how to deal with relationships. It's, it's, it's like kind of like that, you know what I mean? And so I'm not worried about it because if I can't charm her so much that she can't, she don't want to leave me, I have the wrong one anyhow. I ain't doing my job. or oh, I got the wrong one. And and that's just how it is for me personally. So, so if anybody wants to free up, go for it. Don't ask me about it. I won't even say don't do it. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it. You know, just personal experience. So. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't really. I had one know, of I,
1: those too, so that's why I asked the question.
3: Oh, gotcha. Um, <laughs> what, you mean uh, prenup or or or? Yeah,
1: just what does with all mean? that kind of, you know, just just messiness, you know, because people, you know, we, I mean, I would hope that folks go into it with the notion of staying together forever, but unfortunately, it doesn't always work out that way.
3: Uh no, that's what this program is all yeah. about.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, and I and I got that. I got that, you know, but I still, okay, let's move on with our session.
3: <laughs> but listen, I got it. Listen, I, I just wanted to tell you my opinion. I would not consult anybody on that one what I just said. I would tell them my opinion and then say, go talk to a lawyer, go handle your business, you know what I mean? So um, I don't have any, I wouldn't consult anybody around that. But since you asked me, I'll tell you what I would do and why, and then, you know, take it from there. So um, anyhow, okay, great. Uh, thanks for letting me share. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So now we're going to have a discussion, and the discussion is going to be about love. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then I'll go into the details and then um, like that. So so the first question I have for you is, uh, what is love?
1: Are you asking me the question?
3: Yes, I am. Oh. What is love? <laughs> <laughs> what
1: is of, hmm, I would define it um as emotional okay. um unconditional okay.
2: um
1: everlasting okay um Knowing someone the way others don't in terms of, like, their weaknesses or strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. That's all I got.
3: I got it. Well, the reason why I ask this question is because um, everybody's kind of like that. You know, they got their version of what they think love is, but they never really think about love. Like, love is not really a something to contemplate, you know, what people think about. They feel, you know, love in different ways, but they don't really think about what actually really is love. Like what is that you know? So we're gonna talk about it today. Um, maybe this actually might be one of the reasons why I um think enrolled in, in you know, pretty much possibly, but let's you know, let's talk about it. So, um when I first started looking at love, it was in two thousand and seven. And I created a blog, Tony Beer's blog or whatever. I don't even remember what the title was. But I still have it up. I haven't looked at it in years. But um, I tried to look up the definition of love, and it totally shocked me. You know, there's 76 dictionaries, 76 different definitions of love in dictionaries. Wow. I went to dictionary. I went to dictionary.com, and I don't know how many dictionaries there were. I don't know, 13, 20. I don't know. But there was 70. Six different definitions of love. So that tells me that there's no real solid, consistent definition of love. Exactly. Like emotional feeling. I mean. Oh my god! I mean, there's 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 agape love. There's eros. There's you know all of this stuff, right? You got all of these you know Greek definitions or whatever they are. I guess they're the Greek, um, uh, you know, expressions. Different expressions of love, right? Um, but, you know, it's interesting. So, so what I come down to, and I'm still working on it, but what I come down to is this. Love is a principle. It is a principle of, uh, along the same lines of appreciation, generosity. Uh, it is its own vibrational frequency. And what I've heard the most consistent is that love is, the, is not the absence of hate, fear, or other negativity. Love is the inclusion of all emotions combined, and then it's love. You know, they like say that all that, that white is the combination of all colors: black, red, orange, all of that. When you put all of those colors together, it, it becomes white. And love is like that. Every negative and positive emotion that you put them all together, it's love. So it's a vibratory principle that's existent in, in the universe above and beyond anything humans can be with. So human beings, it's interesting that we call ourselves human beings because we be certain things. So when we talk about beingness, it's like you get connected to some vibrational frequency and you become it rather than it becomes you. Mm -hmm. So to give you a good example of this, when you're laughing, you're not consciously trying to laugh. Laughter has you. You can't even stop laughing, right, when you're laughing sometimes, right? It's so, Mm -hmm. so powerful. Laughter's got you. Or if you're angry, anger has you. You don't be like, I'm going to make myself more angry. No. (laughs) Angry has you. You're being angry. You're being, you're in harmony with the vibration called anger, with the vibration called laughter, with the vibration called generosity, with the vibration called love. The vibration is a principle that is created by the Creator that governs actions at every level of life. Like it's, uh, I'm clear. I don't have any scientific proof, but I'm clear that the principles that we live our life by here on this planet, all the other creatures at, at their level that they're capable of receiving it or getting in tune with it do. You know, like for example, every every creature on the planet has access to being loving. Even if it's just their own offspring, you know what I mean? Lions, right. you know, uh, dolphins, sharks, you know, caterpillars, octopus, octopi, whatever. like they all have access to love because it's a vibrata- vibrational principle that exists. It's like one of those un- un- uh, what they call it? Um, uh, non-physical entities, one of those uh, intangible entities that controls life. And so love is a principle. It's a vibration, and you can tune into it any time. And then it becomes you. Excuse me, you become it, I should say. Not it becomes you. You become it. And so it's a principle. And what there is for you to do is be able to tune into it. Like you can actually bring yourself to it and then let it take you over. Because anything you're being worried takes you over. You don't be. Let me see if I can get more worried. No, you're trying to change vibrations from worry to something else.
0: Right. But
3: you know you don't control the level of worry or the level of love. You just you just surrender to it, and then it guides your life to to, to you change you know thing to change uh um uh, directions. So
1: I like your definition better, which is. All of them. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, got it.
3: okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, when I look at when I look at love, when I really look at it, that's I I, I don't even you know like I don't see anything more consistent than that. I don't want to see anything that's more right than that, that. Is any more accurate than that? You know, any more practical, useful, consistent than that? I'm looking, but that's that's what I see. So right this minute around love, you know,
1: the common so,
3: principle that all humans share. An animal. Yeah. yeah, well, it's it's more than all human share. Oh, it it's is. Like, it's, it's like it's what Everything. governs. It's what governs life. Right. It's what governs the existence of this universe. I would say even.
1: Mankind.
3: Okay. You know, and so and so, uh, I found out that that in addition to what I just said as a description, like of like what it is, like you know, principle that that guides our life, it has four. It has uh, four qualities. Love has four qualities. That notice. It may have more, but it definitely has these four. So, love is always will exist. It always has been and always will exist. We're not running, you know, like it's never. We're not running out of it. The second is always only love. You know, uh, I had created this article a bunch of years ago called "The Color Blue." <laughs> Did you say
1: always uh, only love?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna put that in context for you. So, um, I wrote this article a bunch of years ago because I had a t- two different newsletters. I think this is my first newsletter, but anyhow, uh, I wrote this article called "The Color Blue." And I wrote "Color Blue" because I realized that blue and love has the same quality, and blue is my favorite color. You know, so that was the reason why I just picked blue. But what I realized is that um, we're never gonna run out of blue because it always exists. We can't even if we change the color of water, we can't change the color of the sky. The sky is blue from <laughs> where we're sitting. At, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, so you got blue cars, you got blue plants, and you got, you know, blue animals and you know, we're never gonna run out of blue. Blue exists permanent, that's the end of the story. Right? So uh the second thing is it's always only love. So like blue is always only blue. It could be aqua blue, navy blue, electric blue, light blue, but it's always blue. It may be various versions of blue, but it's never red. Because then it's not blue, it's red. So blue love is always only love. The third thing is that love is everywhere all at the same time. Just like blue. Blue is everywhere all at the same time. Is it everything at the same time? No. But is it everywhere all at the once? Yes. Like, you're not you're not only really not going to be able to get rid of blue, but you also you know, you're always going to find it because it's always somewhere because it continuously always exists. Mm. And then the fourth thing about it is that anything can be turned into blue or anything can be turned into love. So, you know, you can have a red car turn into blue. <laughs> you, know. <Nah. laughs> you know? You can have yellow rice turn into blue rice. Why you would want to do that? I don't know, but you could, right? You know, and, and same thing with love. Like, anything can be turned into love. You can turn Um, you know, hate into love, you know, you can find that the love behind the hate, like you can turn anything into love. But if you're not noticing love, it's because you're not paying attention to love. It's not because love is not there.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. It's always there in the background, just like gravity is always there. Love is as prominent and as permanent as gravity. Just because you're not paying attention to gravity don't mean it ain't there. Make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when people really get this experience of love, like they really get love this way. I mean, really, it's like hard not to be loving after a while when they really get it. Like they hear it is one thing, but when you really, like, experience like like get the 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 epiphany of it, it's hard not to be loving after this. Because it's like, why would I want to be anything else? Really. Um. Anyhow, so so um. You know, another thing about love you couldn't even say is a level of consciousness, but that's, you know, a whole other animal that I ain't going in right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like everything you look at is like loving. Like you can see the love behind everything the same way some people can see money in everything they're looking at. And some people can see something to be scared of and paranoid about everywhere they look. You can have love be everywhere you look at, but that's a certain state of mind that's again a whole other conversation, but it's possible because love is everywhere. You just need to see where the love is in everywhere so um so anyhow, um uh, any questions about that?
1: No, I'm liking Because yeah. love is as permanent as gravity,
3: yep it's permanent as gravity is just a pain it's just a question of are you paying attention to it? Hmm. Are you present to it so? All right, great. So then, the next question is, um, what makes love show up? Um, that's a legitimate question.
1: I, oh, yeah. I guess it's you. as the person. Like, if you're if you if you display love, you'll get love in return.
3: Hmm. Okay. Um. All right, anything else? That's good. Be loving. Okay. I got that.
1: Yeah. And conscious okay. of love, aware of love, mm-hmm. uh, receptive of love.
3: Okay. Well, there's other ways of having love show up, too. So I'm going to give you a couple of You ready? Pretty mm-hmm. good. So um, you could flirt. Love, flirt will have love show up. Happy will have love show up. Being generous will have love show up. Being compassionate, caring, um, fate, honor, character. I don't know why I got character there, now. I said it but Being vulnerable, self-expressed. Favorable circumstances beyond your control or outside of your awareness could have love show up. Luck, even. I would call luck, you know, probably um, um, a a convergence of good circumstances, whatever. Listening to somebody could have love show up. Being authentic, um, being um, uh, committed, standing for somebody else's greatness could have love show up. It's almost an infinite amount of things you could do to have love show up. And when I say have love show up is that have love be present. Like have the vibratory principle of love become a conscious awareness to the people involved in that interaction. So, you know, when you think about it, say, you know, with your guy, uh, what's your name? Paul. 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 Yeah, okay, Okay. Paul. Because somebody else I, I keep hearing. He oh, yeah, yeah, my friend in Virginia. had forgot guy's name was Lee. So I was like, I know it's not Lee. What is it? Okay, Paul kind of thing. Um, yeah, so, so, like, you could do things with Paul that has love show up for him and you at the same time. Mm-hmm. It could be that you'd be vulnerable all of a sudden. You start sharing with him something that's like, oh my God, I can't believe I heard you say that. Or whatever. You know, it could be that, like, listen man, I'm not putting up with your, you know, not being, you know, great. You're greater than this. You know, that's one of the things that women should learn how to say rather than what's wrong with you. You didn't make me feel safe and secure. You know? You're better than this. I know you're better than this. I've seen you be greater than this. Come on. I know you are successful. Come on. Cut that out. That that's, by the way, that's how men talk to each other, to get each other out of our mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, like you standing for his success could have love show up, and maybe not immediately. <laughs>
1: maybe not immediately,
3: but eventually, you know what I'm saying? Right. <clears throat> so, so, you know, you might want to look at the type of actions, the type of qualities of character that you might display that would have love show up and see what you do that would have you have it show up, what you've done in the past. You know, when I first realized about this piece, I was uh, in this program, the team management leadership program, and I was assisting around a communication course. Um, and somebody came back from one of the breaks, and they shared a conversation that they had, a phone call with somebody. And then they said something, and then the whole room got teary-eyed. It was like, oh, my God. It felt like love, when she said what she said, it felt like love ran in the door. And I was like, wow, amazing. I started listening more like what that was like. And by the end of my first year in the program, I had wrote 58 qualities that had love run in the door and then 68 qualities that had love run out the door. (laughs) And (laughs) and so that list that I gave you in the beginning of principles, Uh Knows what that was? That's where that list came from.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, I was listening to people like when they started being generous, when they displayed generosity, all of a sudden, you know, the relationship was filled with love. The room was tangibly experiencing love. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, you know, inviting you to 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 use that list to see what you can do as you know permanent practices. You know, with you and Paul so that you can have him and you both experiencing, you know, misty-eyed love. And we're going to go further in this. So okay. I'm just like giving that to you, as, an, as, you know, as a heads up. You'll think of it as later because uh, you'll see how to connect all of this. You know, at the end of this, this session, you are going to see how it all connects. Do you want to talk about it more afterwards? Maybe. I don't know. You won't have to. You know, you just listen to the recordings. But when I finish tying the stuff up together, you're gonna be like, oh, Oh my God! Damn, you're right, and I'm happy to, to brag about that. So I'm telling you to dance. You don't be like that. Huh? So. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. Um, normally, I would ask, okay, so what's it like being in love? And then I would ask, uh, what's the, what gets in the way of love? But I'm not going to go there. So, what's it like being in love? I had a list. I'm just going to save a list real quick uh, so I can have it on this recording here. What's it like being in love? It's intimate, joyful, sublime, delicious, fun, exciting, great, nice, sexy, magical, fulfilling, exquisite, the bomb to die for, sumptuous, unspeakable, (laughs) a dream come true, God's gift to humanity, off the hook makes life worth living unbelievable surprising engulfing romantic heart palpitating passionate. that's what it's like for people to be in love But people feel some or all of that depending on you know over the course of their life they feel all of it at some point mm-hmm. um but that principle makes people feel this way <laughs> thank god for that and then what gets in the way of love what makes love run out the door right so yeah, it's those principles that I talk about in the, um, you know, that, that you already got a list of, but I'll just say it anyhow because um, I'm gonna send it to you when I send you the recap. Uh, what stops love from happening? What gets? What makes love go away? Insecurity, not being present, short sightedness. That's one of the. That's one of the worst ones because the fact that short sightedness is that you don't even know that you're being short sighted. Like right? it's like, you don't know that you don't know that you're doing something, you know. Stinginess, which is consciously being short-sighted, but, like, you consciously choose to be that way. Um, being mean, revenge, anger, cheating, deal-breakers, stubbornness, incompletions. You know, like, you don't have complete conversations and it just be hanging out what
2: the there. Hell? hold on, hold on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, too much going on. Sorry about
3: that. All right, sorry, All right. you know, you gotta handle your life and business, right? So, um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. There's skepticism, judgments, lack of effective communication. This is what it gets in the way of love, right? Being a victim, intolerance, pride, greed, uh, impatience. I don't know if I said that before, lack of commitment, cynicism, desperation, control, force, blindness. Uncooperation, lack of cooperation, fear—a whole bunch of negative stuff gets in the way of of uh, of, of love. It, it has love run away, and so you know, looking at that first list in the first uh, chat section, first session, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of this stuff is there, but some of this is extra stuff because uh, I had basically just the principles that you can look to uh, to live, you know, your life by to use it as guides to to live your life by, but. They also, you know, help have love present or have love get out the way. So I just want to, like, have you be present. There's nothing you need to remember uh, because you already have a lot of this stuff. But, again, I'll send it to you. And then um, here's the key question before I go into section two. Um, In addition to, you know, what is love, how do you stay present to love, no matter what? How do you stay loving and keep love alive in your presence, no matter what.
1: Give off that loving spirit. Be kind.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but stay present. So, can you be kind, no matter what?
1: <clears throat> um, for the most part, most people, yes. most,
3: people most people would say no.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, for the most part, yes.
3: Because that's
1: by nature. I mean, by nature, I'm a kind person.
0: Okay.
1: And I think that's one of the things that kind of gravitates folks to to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I always have a listening ear. You know, I treat people fairly. You know, I've even Mm -hmm. been told uh, by someone in the community that one of the things that he liked about me was the fact that uh, whenever I see him or when I'm just dealing with with people on all different levels. That I treat people the same. You know, I don't look down or frown upon people. You know, mm-hmm. so, and I think that gives people, you know, hopes. You know, because I feel like, you know, you should never stomp on anybody's dreams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, and just, you know, being, you know, that that kind person. You know, even if even those times when I don't feel like it. You know, yeah. I know sometimes, you know, folks, you know, just need that listening ear or just in someone's presence that they can trust or feel like they can trust.
3: Got it. Love it. Okay. And, um, you know, so I'm glad that you like that. And, uh, you know, you're going to be better at it with Paul after this conversation. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, um, by the way, I'm glad you keep using the word kind instead of nice. Even though they're both four-letter words and they look similar, they're not. Because I used to be nice until I get pissed. Now Mm -hmm. I'm just kind because (laughs) I'm giving my... I'm going to give people... I'm going to give myself permission to get pissed, but I'm choosing to be kind, not to be nice. Right. Because I know that kindness looks different in different situations. Mm
1: hmm
3: Right? So kindness could look like... I'm going to have to kick your ass. is mm-hmm. don't be called.
1: stern but kind.
3: Right, right, yeah. exactly. Nice people, people that do nice things, they, they, they want to be nice, they can't bring rigor. You know, they can't bring, you know, holding people accountable. They can't do that while they're being nice because that's not a part of nice. They feel like they, they feel bad doing it. But people who are kind, they will be as loving as possible and as hard as necessary. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, is what kindness is. That's that's. that's I, I like that
1: definition.
3: Yeah, it's is kind, as is as nice as possible, as kind as possible, but as rough as necessary, but no more.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, alright, now you are pushing me to the point where I have to get in your face, man. Yo. <laughs> all right now, now, now that you got my message, I'm gonna calm, t- take it down a thousand. But right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Like, right. because you're being you're being loving when you're being kind. Mm-hmm. But you know you you gotta you gotta wake people up sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and so like if your context is to be kind, you have their best interest at heart. When your context is to be nice, you're trying to be approved of. You're trying to like you know be liked and shit. Get the fuck out of here with that, please. Give me a break. I used to be that way until I get so pissed off and frustrated with people. I was like, I, then I want to beat them up because I was like, listen, I've been nice to you for long enough now. Now I'm gonna kick your ass, you know. And I, well, you know, a long, a long, um, you know, temper. I would say, you know, at least I believe I did anyhow. Um, but that was back when I was Saul. Now that I'm Paul, uh, <laughs> you know, I could say kind almost completely, you know. So if I get angry three or four times a year, that's a lot for me, really. Even really? you know when I was telling you earlier about, you know, what happened over there in Flint, Michigan, oh my god, I put it off the mm-hmm. recording. Even then, like I wasn't like uh set up, disgusted, but I couldn't even say I was still angry. I mean there was something to it there, but not like no no angry Tony you don't want to see Tony angry. Right? Um so but anyhow uh <laughs> I was still being as kind as I could given the ridiculousness of the situation, you know. Um and then, you know, thank you for letting me say it. All right, good. No, so, but,
1: um, no, that's that's good stuff right there because uh, a lot of the times, and I'm sure because you're you're talking to people, you know, constantly. So you're the one that's always, you know, giving insight to people. But do do people ever really listen to you outside of you know what you know the the love relationship say?
3: So well, I'm glad
1: I was here for you to be able to vent that too.
3: Mhm. Well, you know, the people at Landmark got a better sense of, you know, a more global view of myself. They they know me as the love guy, not so much the relationship guy, okay, you know, because, um, you know, they understand that I'm about world peace. They understand that I'm about, you know, people living their life purpose, you know what I mean? And, like, that's more important to me even than how you get along with people because when you have your life purpose, you'll just be connecting to people who have a life purpose or you'll be giving them your – you'll be giving them the gifts of your life purpose. So, you know, when a person is clear about their life purpose, nine times out of ten, they're going to end up having naturally great relationships because it's just a part of their life purpose. And people that that are connected to or want to benefit from or attracted to that life purpose, they'll just hang out. They won't have to – relationships won't be a big thing for them because they'll be so busy, you know, living the gifts that the creator gave them that, you know, everything they do will benefit one way or the other, either from lessons or just from the pure benefit of it, you know. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at it from a higher perspective. Actually, I'll just say this real quick. When I first started, you know, coaching people all around relationships, I didn't really want to do it. And the reason why I didn't want to do it is because, you know, the, the people that first wanted me to start coaching them were guys, and they wanted me to teach them how to pick up women. And I'm like, yo, i do not play that <laughs> game anymore, man. Get out of here with that. I mean I know how to do it, but I don't want to. All right, fine, okay, fine. You know, I know. I'm looking at him like he ain't never gonna get no woman if I don't help him. So I had to help him. You know? <laughs> and then you know, once I started realizing that I'm really about love, then I was I, I could see okay, I can give people relationships by giving them my life purpose, which is to have them be present to love. So uh, you know, and then I started looking at other things like how can I create lasting world peace? How can I have people run their businesses from their life purpose versus this, that, or the other. So, you know, I'm more about that higher levels of love than I am about relations. But yeah, I, you know, I start with relations because most people, you know, when you look at the big three um, niches, the mega niches out in the marketplace today, money, relationships, health and fitness. Those are the big three. You know what I mean? So I'm in the I'm in the world of one of the three. Fine, and then you know I'll help them with the other stuff. But yeah, it's really about you know, about being connected to the vibrational principle called love. Than it is about other other stuff. But I start where people can hear it, and then I'll try to take them to other places. But yeah, um, I, I'm I'm way more you know aware and conscious and, and present to life than than just merely relationships. I just don't talk about it unless somebody's willing to hear it or they give me a minute to get it off my chest. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, well, thank you again. Sounds necessary. Yeah, 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 it is, so. All right, great. So, um, any other things you could think of around um, what it would take to um, stay present, to love no matter what?
1: Um, I don't know, emotionally in tune.
2: Okay. All right. That's one way. Okay, anything else? Um, Tolerant.
3: Okay, gotcha. So what I'm hearing you say is like being present to those distinctions that those those principles on the list of, you know uh, of how to have love, you know, show up. I'm trying to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Good. So let me make it easy for you because you know you you you're tapping around it, but you know let me just get it to you straight. Right. Okay? So there's four things. That you need to do in order to have love present in order for you to stay present in love no matter what now, first off, we' even go there by me saying that you stay present in love no matter what that does mean that does not mean that you stay present in love forever, mm-hmm. like you never get out of it, but what you can do is in certain circumstances that you choose hopefully like you know every day, but you know you could choose to be present to love. No matter what, not necessarily forever. Mm -hmm. But you can be present in love no matter what the circumstances are happening in front of you. And you can choose that. So, how you choose that is by choosing to stay present in love no matter what prior to starting your day or any activities you're about to engage in. So, you wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Today, I'm going to be present in love no matter what. And then you'll be reminding yourself throughout the day <laughs> because you chose it. It won't do it unless you actually consciously choose to do that because other things just get distracted and then, you know, you'll feel the vibration of, you know, fear. Or you'll feel the vibration of, you know, whatever, right? So here are the four ways that you need to keep in mind in order for you to choose, you know, be present in love no matter what when you choose, to, to you are know, starting prior to the day or before you, you know, you're in activity. So if you get ready to go into a meeting, sometimes you'll be like, okay, how do I want to be in this meeting? And then you'll choose, you know, your mindset or your intentions for the meeting. And then even if you forgot while you're in the middle of the meeting, that decision kind of guides you through the meeting. You haven't noticed that?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So yeah, because go,
1: I've gone in with, you know, like, okay, because I, I deal with the community, so I know a lot of the times folks lose focus, so yeah. I have to remind myself to stay patient but be mindful that, you know, I have to keep these people in check, too, because otherwise yeah. you you could find yourself there until midnight and mm-hmm. never getting anything accomplished.
3: Yep, yeah, because they'd be dealing with this detail and that detail, and you'd be like, oh, my God. That has nothing on.
1: to do with, you know, with yeah. what's going on.
3: Well, let, well, let me say something really asking. quickly. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, let me say something really quickly about that. Is that they don't know, most people don't understand context. I'm going to say like 75 to 80% of the planet has no clue what the hell context is. They may have read the book, read that word in the dictionary, but they don't know what it's like on the court. They just they don't understand context. That's actually a level of consciousness. I can talk to you about that another time. Mm-hmm. But most people, their consciousness level is so low that they don't know what context is. That's how you know how low their consciousness level was. because they don't understand the meaning of and the application of context. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't use an idea and apply it to a whole bunch of different things at the same time and keep in the same conversation, no matter you talk about flowers, horses, or or houses, you know? So, yeah. uh, oh, trust me, you
1: know. I know, and I always have to put that disclaimer out there. Okay, we're talking about X, Y, and Z. We're not talking about trash or parking or any of that kind of stuff. Right, right, right Another right. meeting yeah. be, will be had for that. Right, boss. And then it's interesting because you'll find those people they'll either dwindle out or they'll wait for for opportune time, what they think mm-hmm. is an opportune time, to stand up and still, you know, make some, you know, far off, mm-hmm. far off remark about something <laughs> that's not relevant. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you know I have brought up communication for professionals to you before. I'm gonna talk about it at the end of this again because I hear boy, you can use this one, man. Uh, anyhow, okay, great. So now, here are the four things that you're gonna be, you're gonna to want to keep in mind when you're choosing to stay present in love, no matter what. Prior to starting your day or prior to any activities you're about to go into. All right. So one is you got to remember what you're committed to. You have to recognize, I should say, what you're committed to which is separate from remembering what you're committed to, because you got to actually know what you're committed to first before you can remind yourself and remember it. So um, I did not know what this really meant until one day I'm at Landmark. And it's every time I think about it, it just blows my mind. So uh, I was at Landmark. I was assisting around a course, and I was the – uh, I was I was in a, a elected position called the Team Management Leadership Programs Team Leader. Mm-hmm. I was accountable for everything that happened on team for three months, and it was a three month period. That's when he was there, right? It was like the president of the team, and um, I was also had stood up to be an assistant around one of the courses to this woman who was the course manager. So being accountable for the entire team. I was accountable for the results of that course, but I also was stood up to be her assistant. So even though she was accountable, she was under my influence outside of the course, inside of the course I was under her influence for that weekend. And um, she was pissed off at me. She didn't like what I was doing, and she kept using every kind of power she could to give me a hard time, piss me off. Hurt my feelings. Even if she could get me to quit the program, she would have done that. She was that triggered by me, right? So we're on the course, and I'm the team leader. So like, you know, I'm I'm accountable for everything that's happening there. But I couldn't figure out how to stop you. I pissed off at of this woman. I mean, I'm like, what the fuck happened? Excuse me. Like the the three month period before then. I was like her mentor, coach. She was hanging out with me all, all the time. As soon as I became the president, the leader, she don't like leadership or so like men or something. So she started squeezing me up and giving me a hard time, putting pressure on me, making me look bad in front of the uh, the staff. Oh my god, it was terrible, right? So, the course leader noticed this, and the course leader sorted out was they have a term uh, at Landmark when you're upset, they you call it you're being on it. Whatever it is. On so, it. Yeah, you're on okay. it. That's, that's, okay. That's a that's a landmark terminology. It so like you in are, your feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 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 triggered, you know, you're yeah. running a racket, you're doing something, right? So mm-hmm. so she sent a letter she sent a note to somebody. Um, she said the note said, Tell Tony he's got ten minutes to get off it or he's gonna go home. Or well, I'm sending him home. And I'm like, I'm like, I am the team leader. There is no way I'm going home if I have to, if I get sent home behind this, it's going to damage the rest of the three month period. And we was only two weeks in, but I cannot leave right now. I just can't leave right now. I can't go. It's too important. I got to take care of this team. It's my job. It's my. I'm responsible for it. I got to take care of them. And I cannot leave. But I am so pissed off at this woman because she gives me such a hard time. How do I get off it? I go and sit in the office. I sit down, and then I saw um, the head of the Toronto office came into the office I was sitting in to make some copies or something. So I forget her name. I said, oh, man, hi, how you doing? I'm so happy to see you. You know, you know, congratulations on the success you had last quarter because I was playing a different game. I was accountable for different results. And they had, like, the best results from a communication course that I ever heard Ever. They, like, registered 25 people into doing a one-year program. I was like, uh, we were doing, like, three to ten. She's did 20. Her program did 25. I acknowledge her for being somebody that could, you know, have that kind of a clearing. She was like, wow, oh, gee, thanks. I really got that. And then she says, so what are you doing here? And I said, well, um, <laughs> uh, Ellen, that was her name. So Ellen told me that uh, I got ten minutes to get off it. Oh, she's sending me home, and I only got six minutes left. <laughs> what was amazing was that she came in there four minutes after I got the note and sat down, right? And I remember saying, I remember, like I, remember, like, I just said it a minute ago, right? I, she told me I got to get, get off, and I like, she's going to send me home. I got ten minutes and and I only got six minutes left. I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to get off in six minutes? You know what I'm thinking, right? And she laughed too, right? <laughs> and then she said, the magic questions. She said, all right, I I really got that. I really got that. So what are you committed to? I was like, oh, shit. So she said that. What I got present to was I was committed to the woman that was giving me a hard time winning, the team winning, but especially the participants getting the program. So as soon as she said that, I forgot how upset I was, how triggered I was by her bullying me and messing with me and dominating me and all that stuff. And I got present to what I really was caring about was not whether she was mad at me or not, but making sure everybody got taken care of mm-hmm. instantly. It was like click on a light switch, click off a light switch. It was that instant. And what I realized from that point forward is as long as I'm present to what I'm committed to, I'll be fine. It was amazing and because I never got free from being upset that quickly. Um, it was almost like I got my mind replaced with another brain, you know, Mm -hmm. And so when you are present to what you're committed to, everything that's less important than that will drift away. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's how you look at it too. Like, that's not important. Like, why even waste your time and energy on that when you have something so much more significant right in front of you?
3: Exactly. So you have to recognize what that most important thing is, what you're committed to, number one. Number two, you got to remember that you're committed to it. Mm Right? Right. And then three is being present to the impact of not consciously choosing to be loving no matter what we'll have on relationships. So if you're present to the impact of not choosing to be consciously loving no matter what, if you're not if you're present to the impact, you still won't want to do it. And here's so here's some of the impacts of being of not being present, not being consciously uh, uh, choosing to be loving no matter what. If you're not present to the impact, then you don't know what's best for you. You can be controlled by others who know what they're committed to. You can become emotionally explosive and chase people away in your life. You'll experience life as a victim with no power. You will passively, aggressively manipulate the people in your life. You won't really be able to truly be happy. You'll just be, like, satisfied, not fulfilled. Satisfied is, you know, I I ate that bag of potato chips. Okay, I can sit down. You know, fulfilled is you ate a fantastic meal including, you know, juicer and your body is feeling healthy behind it, you know. you, uh, You won't be unable to keep mature, loving relationship partners in your life and you won't be a match for your highest aspirations for a relationship or the highest aspirations for your life because you'll be operating below your maximum capacity. That's just some of the impacts of not being conscious and choosing consciously to be loving and choosing consciously to remember what you're committed to. When you know what you're committed to, most of this stuff won't ever show up, and... The stuff that does will go pretty quickly when you remember again what you really committed to and how small this is compared to your commitment. And then the last thing that you need to be present to, to have love, for you to stay present in love no matter what, is by knowing how you're going to react when things happen to you. You've got to know your trigger, what triggers you, and put something in place to either reduce, eliminate, or both the trigger. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows how the people in their life are going to react to things, but they don't know how they're going to react to things. So now is the time for you to recognize and choose how you're going to react when something happens to you. So going back to the, the, the you know, the, the, the top negative reactions of humans, you want to look at those things and see, you know, how can you prevent them from uh, getting in the way of your commitment? and getting in the way of you being fully loving. So when he doesn't do what you want him to do, that's a trigger for you. And it's hard for you to keep present to being loving no matter what. <laughs> He's doing one of those things that triggers you, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And not so much doing not what I want him to do, just being mindful of it, like our shared and common space.
3: Like yeah. I was so, being...
1: Go
3: ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you you want to make an agreement around that with him. That's one. Of the, you should do that tonight. Say, okay, listen. I is he home? He's home tonight, right? He's just talking, mm-hmm. to him, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, my contractors. I'm still okay.
1: under construction. <laughs>
3: gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, great. So, listen, you be that might be one of the first agreements you make, which is okay. Listen, and, and how you make the agreement is this. You got to get him to say what he's willing to commit to and then hold him to it. You can tell him what you want. You tell him what he wants. And then you got to figure out, you, you got to get him to say what he's willing to do for real. You can't pin him to, you can't make him do what you want him to do. Well, the best you can do is say, okay, how close to where I need you to be at are you willing to go? Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. I was watching, I don't know if it was. Uh, one of them talk shows on um, four o'clock in the afternoon and more than a decade ago. I don't know when it was it was probably in 1990s or something. Anyhow, this couple got on on you know on the screen and, and um I don't know if it was Dr. Phil or somebody was talking with them about their problem and the problem they was having was that they would go out and then uh, at parties and then they would have a disaster. It would turn into a disaster they'd come over they'd be upset so after talking with them the issue turned out to be that she felt like he wasn't paying her any attention when they would go to a party. And he felt like she was nagging him and and trying to get, you know, and and clinging to him and like he couldn't have the freedom to have fun at the party. So once they heard that, once he heard that, then, you know, the person who was negotiating, who was, you know, having this conversation said, okay, he asked her. How many times do you need him to come see you while a party for you to feel like he's paying attention to you? She said, like five times at least. Okay. And then he asked the other guy, he asked the guy, How many times do you feel like you need to come over there before you start feeling like you're like being dominated? He said, twice. I gotta be over there more than twice. It feels like I'm babysitting it. you know? Come on, cut that out, right? So the person who's negotiating said, hey, how about this? How about y'all come to an agreement? How about you go visit her three times? Because there'll be more than what you would do and less than what she would do, but she knows you'll be going out of your way to go there a third time and go see her. And in the meantime, you're taking care of her, and she realizes how hard it is for you to do that so y'all can come to an agreement. And it was like, I guess we could live with that. And that was that. So you might have to have that kind of a negotiation with Paul about, say, housework or shoes, you know, like that. He might not be able to see you five times, but if he can see you three times, maybe you can live with that, you know what I mean? But And, and then hold him to it. He got to hold himself accountable. But you might need to negotiate that kind of way. Does that communicate?
1: Mm-hmm. I I I mean, I'm all for commu- that, you know, communication, but the shoe thing, I, I, I still can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, I got have I have to, I have to <laughs> yeah. work on that. I, I mean, I didn't try to even... With booties and all kinds of stuff, so I'm, so I'm trying to
3: process it. cut the feet off at to, the ankles.
0: <laughs> well, you know,
3: you might have to have you might have to have rugs, you know, like red carpet, you know, all over the place. So you just walk on them. <laughs> You're not walking in your shoes. You can only walk on this, all right? I,
1: uh, I got only thing. It walk. don't work. I've I've tried, tried to different, different things, but it's <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. I still love them
3: gotcha all right great so now you know we went over that now we're going to get into you know what relationships are all about this is the part this is this is it so you know i want you to get present to love and what it's going to feel like what's going to take to have love present keep it present and now we're going to get to what relationships are all about so what makes relationships work What makes relationships work is to be able to manage today and tomorrow at the same time. Take care of today and take care of tomorrow at the same time. And I'll tell you what I mean by it. So human beings have the ability to think about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. However, based on evidence, most of us don't know how to focus, keep track of, or manage all three at the same time. We either worry about today and forget about tomorrow, Worry about tomorrow and ignore much of today or worse. Stay mentally in the past to their detriment. It's totally possible to be able to manage both today and tomorrow. When you look at businesses and sports, what you'll see is the most successful of them operate in both domains. Let me tell you what I mean by that. So um, athletes, you know, sports teams, Knicks, Yankees, Rangers, Phillies, whatever, they're present to previous seasons, but they're only really conscious most of the time of the game they're in. You know, they remember, yeah, last, you know, last year Allen Iverson. Well, you know, ten years ago Allen Iverson was averaging thirty-one points a game for the field, for the for the Seventy Sixers. right? Okay, great. Um, but you know, what about tonight's game? Is where they focus on focusing on tonight's game because mm-hmm. tonight's game is going to help them. Get to the playoffs and possibly win the championship at the end of the season. So they're playing for today and tomorrow. And then once the season is over, it's over. They close the book, news chapter the next day, next the next season. Right. That's how sports is done, and that's how I'm saying that relationships work. When you stay work, when you know that. Like, stay in the present to to take care of the future, and then what you end up having is an awesome legacy, which I'll talk about. So. Romantic relationships need, in order to experience them at their best, they need to be taken care of in both domains, present and the future. The four areas that need to be managed in order to take care of the present and the future are the following, your needs, the partnership, your goals, and your legacy. So let me just say it. Your needs, you got to take care of them. This refers to making sure you have everything necessary to be happy to enjoy the relationship, your life within the relationship, as well as basic physical requirements, such as but not limited to health and fitness, sex, attention, intimacy, finances, home life, housekeeping, social life, etc. Uh, let's see here. This is another list that's not limited to the imagination. However, if you don't know who you really are, this list won't be able to be complete and you won't know you're not getting your needs met until breakdowns occur and you find yourself surprised or shocked you didn't get what you need, followed by a likely emotional outburst, whether you withheld the outburst or just did it to yourself or you vomited on your partner in the relationship. In either case, it will be an upset that's really an emotional outburst not taking care of your needs not doing this step is like failing to put gas in a car even though you planned on driving cross-country or having unprotected sex catching something bad and being surprised by it then getting upset with the person you had sex with and being either a victim an abuser or a justifier when you don't know who you are you're asking for trouble in addition If you don't know who you really are, you won't be able to successfully handle step number two, partnership. Partnership can best be explained by distinguishing between three states of relatedness, dependence, independence, and interdependence. You've heard those times before, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So dependence is in relationships where one party needs to be taken care of in some way and cannot but does not contribute directly to the party they're depending on. Let me say that again. I can barely hear that. I don't, let me just say it again. Dependence is in relationships where one party needs to be taken care of in some way and cannot or does not contribute directly to the party they're depending on. That could look like being a victim, being unable to perform because of lack of skill, knowledge, awareness, etc., or the parent-child relationship. Though there may be a relationship, there's no playing together. And if there's either no desire to play together or awareness of the value of playing together, the opportunities of playing together never come to fruition. Though you can't make it work because there are situations where all you can do is be dependent. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to say something else about that that I did not write down. So um, a lot of times people don't want to help people that won't, Help them back, or can't help them back.
0: Right,
3: and that's because they don't recognize, you know, how the creators got us set up. So, you know, there are people I help that can't help me. There's nothing they can really do. They ain't got no money. They don't have the time. They ain't got no skill sets that I need or want, and you know, like that, right? But then there are other people that help me that I can't do nothing for them. And so that's kind of like how it is. Like, you just help people, and then, you know, you don't, you don't, if you expect to get it directly from the person that you, you, you're supposedly helping, you expect to get it back from them, you're cutting yourself off from life. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know where the return on the investment is going to come from. And if you're looking at it as a return on the investment, you keep a score, you're going to cut yourself short. So I just invest in everybody, and then I let them tell me whether the investment was worth it or not. Right. And also, I let the universe tell me whether the investment was worth it or not because I hope somebody that can't help me back, all I know is that I want to get it back anyhow, somewhere. I'm not even mm-hmm. thinking about do I want it back. I'm just looking out to take care of that person, and I usually will get it back. I, I'm sure i get it back all the time. I just don't keep track of it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I oh, know, I
1: mean, because I'm pretty much that, that person with the exception of sometimes because I'm that person that everybody calls, for yeah. to to ask a question. And a lot of times they do it because they're just too lazy to do the research themselves. Uh-huh. So I know for me, sometimes I have to pull back and say, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, wait a minute, I have to do the research then you need to go, go find out. You'll appreciate it a lot more.
3: Yeah. But see, you're actually still taking care of them even though they operate the, like they're dependent on you, right? And the reason why you're taking care of them is because you're causing them to be independent. You're taking them to the next level. So it's fine. I've never you know, about you're, being,
0: that.
3: you're being kind. <laughs> Listen, you need to learn how to be independent. So you need to go there and you need to tell me what you learned so I can help you to make sure you got the right information. If you did that, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: You know what I mean? Because at some point, if I wasn't here or if I died, what were you going to do?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told people if you had me at the top of that list, take me off of it.
3: <laughs> no, I just teach them how to be dependent. Yeah, and I do. But yeah, but I,
1: but you helped me to see that I never I never looked at it in that light.
3: Yeah, yeah. well, that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> and so the next level, the next so level, is independent. Say it again.
1: I said so modest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Thank you, thank, you, thank you. Listen, don't ask me to cut your hair. I ain't doing that good. <laughs> I promise you I wouldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't ask me to dunk on you know on uh, uh, Steph Stephon Curry either. I ain't doing that either you know what I mean I always, the thing I know how to do I know how to do everything else I up question anyhow <laughs> thank you you throw football like Cam Newton yeah yeah not doing that it's not happening you know the only way it's gonna look like it happens is if you put my you you uh, photoshop my face on his on his on his body when he do it that's the only way it's gonna look like I did it Uh, (laughs) All right, next, independence. Independence is operating from a fundamental viewpoint that one can operate on their own and usually, but not always, won't allow others to play with them, won't invite others to play with them, and eventually ends up creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of being alone even while amongst the crowd. So, uh, when it comes to relationships, being independent is a strategy and a tool, not a way of life. There are times when being independent works best, but only inside of a context of the next state of relatedness, which is interdependence. So you know, one of the big issues that women have with relationships is that they want to be independent because they can't trust, they don't trust any guy. So they want to be independent. What they don't understand is that if they could have figure out how to be interdependent, then they could you know learn how to do stuff to still give themselves permission and give themselves the space to be able to um take care of uh uh you know him by letting him contribute to that The guy may not want to contribute all the time or he's not able to contribute every time you know some things he's not necessarily able uh to 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 uh contribute to but um uh say. Um, uh, yeah, so if she's so independent, she won't let him contribute to her, she's taking away his biggest contribution and his biggest opportunity to make a difference with her and to show his love. Because if he's feeling useless, that's the same thing as a woman feeling unsafe and insecure.
0: Right.
3: Because he needs to feel successful more than anything else. That's just how we're built. And, you know, our our success is your safety and security. So when a woman misunderstands the value of in, in, independence, she's killing her relationship
0: mm-hmm.
3: because she's not giving him a chance to to make a difference. And besides, even if you just looked at it purely from a practical perspective, purely practical, <laughs> just practical, right, then, She's actually going to be better as a multitasker because he wants to do something she can do. Oh, okay, go ahead, and then she can do something else. Just from a practical standpoint, forget about the love and all that other stuff. I can get more stuff, more stuff done if I can get him to do stuff, and I can still do my stuff, the stuff he can't do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, I want to, sometimes I want to smack ladies in the head with that, Cut that out, you know? But I like to do it. <laughs> That would not be kind either, you know, it's unnecessary. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, will you cut that out, damn it? All right, next, interdependence. This is a state where people are able to independently work together, which may sound like an oxymoron, but when you think about it, it's like dancing. You can dance by yourself, but it's way more fun to dance with a partner. In the dancing partnership, you dance in ways that work for both of you and your partner without either of you telling the other what to do how to do it, why, etc. In And each experience is the best of being dependent, independent, and interdependent. Because interdependence is experienced as all three when perfected. It means everyone does their part, everyone knows what parts they're responsible for, and everyone has a chance to win. Interdependence is the bomb. Because, you know, when you're really coming from that, It doesn't matter if you're being dependent or independent Mm -hmm. because it's all inside the context of interdependency. Right. So um, that is partnership. We talked about, you know, needs. We talked about partnership. Now we're going to talk about uh, goals. When designed and recognized for what they are, goals are merely and really great games to play. This is why you need to identify what your highest aspirations for a relationship is and what your highest aspirations for your life is. You also need your partner to know this about themselves. When you and your partner know those two things, you'll naturally create goals that make you both happy, make you want to be around each other for much more than just sex and romance. You'll want to fulfill your own, your partner's, and the relationship's needs and enhance your relationship because all of the success you'll experience as a result of playing together. In addition, you'll experience an extreme level of trust, personal growth, admiration that has nothing to do with relationships, but will obviously uh, add to that, as well as, and most of all, turn your partner into your best friend, someone You'll be willing to even give your life for because you'll know that if you're no, they're no longer with you, life won't be worth living anyway. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will put stars in your eyes when it comes to your partner. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will make you grow as a human being. Creating and fulfilling goals with your partner will keep the love alive in your relationship, even beyond your living your life, even after death. And then number four, after goals, is legacy. Legacy is a combination of setting goals and the memories that result from going for the goals, regardless of whether you actually reach them or not. However, when you think about it, life isn't really a destination anyhow. It's the journey that counts. Your legacy is the journey you and your partner co-create. This is why legacy is so important. You're already creating a legacy whether you know it or not. A person's legacy can be likened to a combination of your brand and your biography. It's the story of the you you created. Legacy, when it comes to relationships, is the only aspect of managing today and tomorrow that lives in two domains, the past and the future. The aspect that's the past provides nourishment for all three aspects of the relationship, you, your partner, and the space in between, and guides them in the creation of future goals and real experiences. So when all is said and done, this section, more than all the others before, it, is the reason to be in a relationship. Understanding how to manage today and tomorrow leads to exquisite happiness. The type of happiness that makes you want to cry when you stop and think about it because it makes you so happy. So um, in, in in the Bronx, New York, there's this building called Yankee Stadium. You've heard of it, yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. On one of the sides of Yankee Stadium, there is Babe Ruth Way. You ever heard of Babe Ruth? Yes. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth way, they talk, they have different signs of, you know, different, um, I don't know what to call it. I'm going to say signs, but it's not really signs. But they got different different memorabilia, different pieces of memories, of um, nostalgia of Babe Ruth, his record, quotes he's made, you know, pictures of him doing stuff along the outside of Yankee Stadium, in front of Yankee Stadium. They called it, you know, the old Yankee Stadium was the house that Ruth built. That's what they called it because he, you know, they built it, you know, when he was the star, and, you know, he really turned it out, right? He's the beginning of the the, the winningness of the Yankee, uh, the New York Yankees. And, you know, that's his legacy. Like, he died 11 years before I was born. And I know uh, probably about half of his statistics. You know, he was you know he was a uh, a top level pitcher before he even started playing in the outfield. You know, he I think before Reggie Jackson beat his record, he had the most strikeouts of any player in baseball. <laughs> and this is the most home runs of any hit player in baseball, right? You know, like like all of this stuff because he created a legacy by playing games Um, going for goals and then hitting the goals and then being able to look back at them and then making more goals and playing the same game again. Like, like, you know, I don't know what happened to his life outside of baseball, but inside of baseball, he was living a life of all lives. And that's what I just described with your relationship when you're with somebody and you're all on the same page about life. Mm -hmm. You play games together. You know, so um, to make sure... Everything you and your partner needs is in place to to add available in order to live comfortably, to work and play together in the most important games you could ever imagine playing, as if both your life depended on it and if you were dancing the perfect dance together at the same time, to set goals that make your jaw drop, especially after achieving them, and then to look back at all your achievements, bask in and celebrate those achievements while acknowledging each other for your parts in those achievements, and then, best of all, to go out and do it again and again and again with your favorite person, doing your favorite things, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. That is the reality of happily ever after. You make sure that your life and the life of your partner is working. is settled and complete in the area of needs and workability. You learn, practice, and perfect how to work together to make things happen that bring you joy. You create, you go for, and achieve the goals that light you up. and you celebrate and honor and experience the joy of achievement. That's why people want to be in a great relationship, whether they have the language to say it or not. Right. That's the whole relationship. The whole relationship is let's make sure we got everything we need. Mm-hmm. Let's go decide to do something. Let's go do it. Let's come back and celebrate what we did. Let's go come up with another idea and go do it again. And then come mm-hmm. back. And that's it. That's the whole relationship. There's nothing really more complicated than that. Everything we've talked about before now was just how to keep things from getting in the way of doing that. Right. Once you have a, once you know how to keep your emotions from, from stopping you from doing that, once you understand how to keep how to have communication keep you from doing that. Once you understand how to have the gender differences keep you, from, you know, get them out of the way so they don't keep you from doing that, all there is left is to do that, and you could be thrilled to pieces for fifty years to adjust that. And it makes sense. Like the... Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that
1: makes sense.
3: You'll be like a you'll be like a, a a dog when you throw the ball for the dog to go catch it and bring it back. Mm-hmm. The dog never gets tired of it. You've never seen a dog get tired <laughs> of going for the ball. Even if they're tired from going for the ball, it's because they're tired, not because they don't want to go for the ball. Like, they can't not want to go for the ball. Right. They may not have any more energy. I've seen dogs who are like, <sighs> the ball like they want to get it like throwing the ball. Do- they thrown the
1: ball, so.
2: Yes, I like
1: I, want to fetch it. It makes them yeah, happy.
3: <laughs> yeah, ball, 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 yeah. Go ahead, do it they can't throw the ball. I thought sure they want to go get it, but they can't throw it. You know? and it's a ball. I can put it in my mouth I can put it back. We have fun. I want to go catch so I want to chase something, because dogs want to chase, you know? Like like we have that, you know, like that's our thing. We're never gonna get tired of it. We're gonna be doing our favorite things with our favorite person in our favorite places.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's like five-year-olds playing in the sandbox. The only time to get upset is when mommy says, let's go. Mm-hmm. That's relationships. That's really, like, happily ever after. So now... I'm feeling comfortable.
1: I mean, because you have to have a level of comfort. Hmm.
3: Yeah. Like, like, you want to have somebody... You want to know who you are, and you want to know who you, you want your partner to know who they are so that you can know each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You want to know what your highest aspiration for a relationship is. I know yours is making a difference. You yeah. know, it's just a matter of how you want to make the difference, you know. You know, I'm pretty sure you have your goals for what you want to have for your life, you know, your highest aspiration for your life. But you want to have somebody that wants to do pretty much the same kind of things you do for the most part, you know what I mean? then you could co-create a game worth playing together, and you're going to play the game together. Mm-hmm. And then after you play that, you come back, you sit down, you know, oh, man, that was awesome when we did that, or, man, we need to do that better or whatever, but it becomes a part of your legacy. So, so, you me,
1: so when yeah. they use the term opposites attract, what does that mean?
3: Uh, well, sometimes opposites do attract because opposites are like, um, you know, I can't do this, but I can do that. You can't do that, but you can do this. So, like, a manager and a visionary would be great because the visionary can come with ideas and then imagine the those knows how to fulfill all those ideas. That would be opposite of the track.
1: So one balances
3: the other? Yes. Opposite of the track is, you know, cute and everything, but I don't know how, um, how awesome, I mean, how, you know, yeah. how can I And they be?
1: probably don't use it in their context. <laughs> I think it's no, more think on the physical, you know, opposed to, you know, like the emotional side of a relationship more so just the physicality.
3: Yeah. I don't even think about that t- term. I don't even the last time I thought that term crossed my no, mind. No, when you okay.
1: were just speaking, it just kind of came to mind. It's like, yeah, well.
3: no, no, it's good that you said it. I just, I just realized that I hadn't really, like, thought about it, you know. So, um, but, yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I don't know. I was going to say what I just said is all I got for you. you know. So, So anyhow, I'm surprised I went through all of that and didn't cry yet because, I mean, every time I think about that, it's like, that's the best thing ever, I swear to God. Um, So, yeah, so anyhow, um, I'm going to end this with a quote from Neil Donald Walsh. He's the author of Conversations with God. The quote he put among many is, the purpose of humanity. This is what he says God says about us. God's definition of humanity is, the purpose of humanity is to decide and declare, express and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision we ever held about who we are. That's our purpose in life. Like, we come here to, we've got it. we decide and declare, express and experience who we are, our, and then we want to do the next grandest version of our greatest vision we have held about who we are. So if we won a championship, now we're like, how can we win a second championship and win it better? So we're always escalating, like it never ends, right? And so I'll read it again, and then I'll say something else about it. So the purpose of humanity, according to Neil Donald Walsh, is to decide and declare, express, and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever we held about who we are. Now, I'm inviting you to take this quote a step further around relationships. The purpose of relationship is to decide and declare, express and experience the next grandest version of the greatest vision ever we held about love. Because in reality, there's nothing more important than loving. Isn't the author again? Uh, Neil Donald Walsh. He created this book called a book series called Conversations with God.
1: Yeah, I've heard of that book. Yeah, Neil That's
3: Donald Walsh. W A L S H. Awesome book. It's one of the things that I that, that that got me to be the kind of person that I am. I mean, I really read, I read about eleven of his books, and I read every one of them at least twice, and some of them like four times. Wow. It just it's just that powerful, you know, and. uh um, um, I've never yeah, read the he, book,
1: but I I think I'm gonna pick that up. Conversations with God.
3: Yeah, yeah. You can pick up any of them. How I got started with it was I just went to the bookstore. I was looking for something, maybe astrology or something, and it, it's like spirit told me buy that book. And so I bought the book. I was like,
1: oh,
3: get it out of here! And, and that was that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. Reading his books, really.
1: So remember last week I was asking you about on my chart. Oh
3: yeah, astrological chart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. So um I'm willing to talk about that. I want to, I don't want to put it on the recording, but I'm willing to talk about that when when we finish um, hit, you know and stop the okay. recording. But uh, but uh yeah I'm 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 more than happy to do that. That's fine. Okay. So um so um so now like relationships are um the five biggest things to get in relationships is um not knowing yourself not knowing how to manage work with the opposite sex um not understanding emotions managing them not understanding and managing your needs and then also last but not least miscommunication and those things are just really they're like your hint your tip your um your tools to allow you to stay on track of creating new goals, going for them, coming back and thinking about them and talking about them, creating new goals, and go play some more. It's just those are the things that keep you, those are the things that you have to learn how to manage so mm-hmm. that you can stay in the playground with your partner for the rest of your life. Your principles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like once you, you know how to do those things, Right, those those five. Well, the five barriers and and the tools to to uh, to overcome them. And once you once you know how to do those things, man, relationships is a piece of cake. mean, it'd, it'd be it'd be as simple as driving, but way more fun. <laughs>
1: you
3: know, I like it. You'd be like, <laughs> okay, what else is next? Next thing. You yeah, know.
1: And it's almost like one of those things when you get into your car and you just. Takes you home, and then you don't even realize how you got there.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's That's how. That's how easy relations would be once you understand how to handle those things that we talked about the last five weeks. Last yeah. five sessions.
1: Relationship on autopilot.
3: Exactly, but it's the autopilot that has your skin crawl with excitement. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, it's like let's go to the playground. You know, five year old, four year olds in the playground
2: ooh, let's play this, ooh, let's play that, come on.
3: Yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what that's our relationships are designed to be. And so those five pieces will help you navigate your relationships effectively because those are the five main barriers to having your relationships work effectively. Any problem that happens in your relationship is going to be inside of one of those that's five areas.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and I can't tell you all the problems that are going to happen in a relationship I promise you, they're all going to be inside of those five. Mm -hmm. I don't know what can happen.
1: The five
3: and then the subcategories. Right, right. I don't know what can happen that's outside of those five categories. I I can't imagine anything. I don't know what there is. I've been thinking about this for a long time, you know. like I don't know what else there is. So so anyhow, so that's your happily ever after, my dear. So the homework is
1: if I find one, then I have to make sure that I relay it back to you (laughs) if I find Um, a
3: Yeah, that would, that, would, that would be awesome. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, that could be a permanent assignment. If something <laughs> that happens outside of one of those five areas, please yeah. tell me. And then i got to work here. on it. So And I'll be calling, like, hey, I figured one out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, oh, my God,
0: oh, my goodness.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, even if you was, like, President of the United States, right, and you know, I just I saw something funny. I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna end the recording here, right? So um this was hilarious. so um they said that um Congress, the Republican House of Congress, House of Representatives, they sent a bill, um they 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 forwarded a bill um uh to uh get approval to change the name of the San Andreas fault. Mm-hmm to Barack Obama's fault. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it a joke. It was a joke. It a joke. You know what the San Andreas fault is, right? No. What is it? Uh, oh, that's why you didn't get the joke. So the San Andreas fault is uh, a fault line in California. It's like uh, two uh, giant tectonic plates that are uh, uh, connected together underneath uh, uh, the state of California and a little bit, of, I believe, Arizona. And um, when they move, that's the reason why uh, California have earthquakes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So and I've heard a, of it's saying, a, Okay. It's a fault line. It's like a major fault line, and um, but you know, it was a joke on the fact that Republicans blamed Barack Obama for everything, so they want to change the, the name of the fault from San Andreas Fault to the Barack Obama's fault. They'll <laughs> take it. His name will live forever. <laughs> I know, I know. Listen, it will be, it will. You know, because you know he's like the Jackie Robinson of mm-hmm. of, 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 of politics, really. You know, Obama. So, you know, just mm-hmm.
1: like Reaganomics, you know, stuff, mm-hmm. this, stuff just carries on. Yeah,
3: they're gonna be talking to him, talking about him like they talked about, like they talk about Martin Luther King. You know, swear to God. So, but anyhow, uh, so I'm I'm complete with this program. Anything you want to say in completion?
1: No, that I this has been very enlightening. I'm glad I took the course and mm-hmm. I will be revisiting you for something else you had mentioned to me last week. What,
3: yeah, communication. What we'll talk about that offline. I'm gonna, okay. gonna this out. But um, yeah, definitely. So I I wanna say that um, I was thrilled to be your your coach, advisor, mentor, teacher in this program because you're so committed to getting it and you're so open and so ready for it, it was a pure pleasure. You know, it was like it was my honor to be able to, you know, give you this. Uh, I could tell that you got it. I'm glad that we have recordings so that you'll be able to, you know, constantly go back to it so that you don't, you know, forget it. Um, uh, and that's why I give, you know, the recordings. And, you know, I'll say whatever there is for me to say because I need to say it in ways that work for you specifically. Um, you know, you're, you know, I felt so respected and, and. Um, and honored and treated well by you as a, as a client that, you know, it was just a joy to work with you. You know what I mean? It's easy. You know, the calls went on time, which was, you know, pretty amazing because uh, somebody's having a hard time. I'll probably go a little too long, longer than I really want to. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, uh, it's just a real pleasure, uh, working with you. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to work with you again, whenever you're ready for it.
1: Well, um, definitely. But,
3: but uh, right now, you know, you got you got, you know, my top relationship stuff. I got other stuff you're know, to say, okay, I gotta go start dating now. You know, I got stuff for that, right? But uh, but the, the, as far as it's concerned, you know, you use this with Paul, even if Paul don't do this, you should be able to take care of this really.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh also yeah.
3: feel free to, also feel free to, you know, check in on me when you want it, right? Oh,
1: that, definitely. Definitely. Cool. So are you planning on having like any uh sessions, uh um, like face-to-face sessions, like group sessions like you did with Stephen?
3: Um, was I'm that looking like one Well I that was a one-time thing, but I'm, I'm looking at doing that um, uh, in um, New York um, sometime in, uh, starting next month. But uh, okay. I don't have a problem with coming, back, coming out of Philly and do that too, you know. And okay. Actually, you know what, it's a good idea you said that. Oh, my God, I'm glad you said that. So excellent idea. I could actually make that happen. Mm, got lots of friends in Philly You know area Love it Alright so um, I love that I'm glad I actually got that on recording I'm going to end the recording now So we can talk offline And, and kind of like okay. that So hang on Okay.
2: Okay round two Name something that's not
0: boring A laundry Ooh a book club Computer solitaire Huh Ah oh, sorry We were looking for Chumba Casino